How you doing, man? It's a pleasure. Nice. Likewise, man. How about yourself, dude? Doing okay. Doing okay. Friday, 9 p.m. for me here, but it's a chilled out Friday, so it's all nice. good. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a chilled out Friday here. We had a little bit of snow last night, so we're kind of getting... Uh, but it's it's melted today. It's typical Colorado. You kind of can never really uh, put your foot on what it's actually going to do. But I don't mind it that way, actually, because it's like, yeah, it'll be 60 in the two days. Well, what yeah. the hell is that in Celsius? Some, but, you know. Oh, but overall, you're doing okay at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good, man. Yep. Um, you know, just freaking kind of can't believe that there's only a week left. It's actually one week away from the record dropping after uh, so long. It's just been like kind of insane, you know, this 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 long of a buildup, you know? Yeah, yeah, that there, because I wonder about the mentality in the camp, the, the job for a cowboy cab overall, when you've had this really long build, it's felt like forever and you've still got a week to go. Is everyone overall still feeling good? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's... It's almost kind of like it's already happened, you know. I don't know, maybe with that kind of that much of a buildup that if it's like it just your body just kind of and your brain just sort of I, maybe once like the singles started coming out, you know, or, or the videos or like I don't know, maybe even actually having the vi I have the vinyl in my hand, you know. And you're seeing everybody that ordered the vinyl now is uh pretty much has the record now. So I think it's like okay, it's it's done, it's finally out, which is a a cool feeling because um. I don't know how other folks in the band felt. I know Johnny Johnny was always kind of the the dad of this particular record and kind of just like pushing forward, pushing forward, going to get it done because there's many times I was just like, this shit's never coming out. I was like, there's no way. It's never coming out. Every time we, we had so many obstacles and it would just like, you know, get, keep getting pushed back. All right, are we going to be, you know, we had tried to put this out in like 2019, mm. I would say. Like we had all these songs pretty much like done and decided all right these are the these are going to be the tracks because it was like 11 or 12 or something and um yeah so we just you know <laughs> it's coming out finally so we're we're stoked we're happy and already thinking about uh, the next record oh of course of course of course but uh -huh. we should say we are talking about moon healer out yes. next week as of the time recording february 23rd via metal blade records first new job for a cowboy album since 2014 sun eater so I'm going to have to ask you to think back here, really, and hopefully you'll be able to describe your feelings. Talk to me about the moment new music actually looked like a possibility for you. What went through your head? I think uh, it was, you know, even back, um, I would probably say 2016 on our, our we, we did a world tour uh, for Sun Eater um, in Vancouver. Uh, it's called the Modified Ghost Fest. And um, it was just one show, but, you know, it was on earth so we call it a world tour um but uh and we were just you know we hadn't seen each other in like three years and it was one of those deals where instantly everybody was just right back on the same inside joke levels just like the camaraderie the synergy was still there and tony had already had i think i want to say like three songs um maybe four mm. um but uh and we like listened to him in the van and stuff and and uh so we kind of knew that it was like okay that there's the the inklings of the next record are there and that's what we kind of started to talk about you know what do you get you know next time next record you know and at that point you're kind of like yeah right you know we're kind of you know not really doing stuff but it was there you know and it wasn't until i think it was 2018 is when we really were like okay these songs are actually all fleshed out there's demo drums on all of it um and we can actually like you know book studio time 
Um, and then it just kind of that kept getting pushed back, you know. But but yeah, we knew that it was going to be a sequel too. From all the way back then, we were like, it's got to be, it's got to be a sequel to Moon e- uh, to Sun Eater, you know. Well, of course, as you start to hit the the the, the twenties, COVID comes along, and that causes even bigger issues and longer issues and yeah. so on. Um, but even back then, going back to like the twenty eighteen, as you say, when you felt like when it really you started to have fleshed out songs. Did you have a clear vision of kind of what you wanted beyond you knew you wanted a sequel, what the vision might be for Moon Healer? I think, you know, we definitely wanted to just progress in all the different directions that we had tipped our our uh, boats into those waters with on Sun Eater. So, you know, the, the prog element, um, I mean, the, the bass being um, sort of up front in your face uh, and not distorted you know without without a, a dark glass or a sans amp really on that tone um and i just push all the elements you know we really like let's like let's, let's make moon healer but like on pcp you know excuse me i keep calling it moon that's it's I, I think that's like a psychological thing in my head now that it's like now it's it's in the past it's like a freudian slip you know <laughs> so i'll have to go way back 10 years ago to talk about sun eater um but yeah like we, we really wanted to just uh make the the moodier parts moodier mm. make the 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 heavier parts heavier it's like you know very cliche for everybody everybody says that every record but um we just wanted to expand on what we already what, what we laid the groundwork for did you have any kind of personal worries maybe or fears in regards to what job for a cowboy could bring to the metal scene so many years later because you know even that 2018 point you're still talking five years and this yeah yeah uh, it's a different landscape uh i would say i I, it's actually not fears it's actually like i think it'll i think the environment has like cultivated um a very fertile ground space for extreme tech metal you know like when we put Demonocracy out in, 20, mm-hmm. in 2012, I, I don't think that that uh, extreme technical metal was, was anywhere near as accepted as it is, say, in, it would have been in, like, 2018, even, 2019. Um, bands like, you know, Rivers of Nile and, and uh, Arch Spire and, um, I mean, even Lorna Shore, you know? It's deathcore, but it's f- extremely fucking technical. Um, and so... I think like when we put Demon Oxtry out, it seemed like it was kind of like, phew, just went right over everybody's heads because it was mm. just too too many riffs and too dense, and I don't think people were like able to digest that level of stuff on a, on a grander scale. You know, there's obviously fans that love it and obviously fans of that kind of music, um, and nor were we obviously the first to put anything out like that. But for our trajectory, for our career, and our acceptance level and, and uh, response from critics and fans, um, so I think that this is just a much more accepting there's a there's a home for it there's a base for it now and so i think that that uh we're expecting it to do really well based off of that or at least for us it's like you know we really love what we created and for our fan base so far maybe it's just nostalgia maybe it's just absence making the heart grow fonder but the people have responded really well to it so far I get what you mean about nostalgia, you know, I'm nearly 40 and I go back a long, long way with Job for a Cowboy. So that completely makes sense. But also what you say about, I mean, using the UK as a base, if I go back, say, 10 years ago to Sunny and earlier before then, 
I can't think of a technical metal scene, extreme metal scene in the UK, whereas now it's quite a flourishing one. Massive. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think I, I, I have to bring this up just because I've been I've been kind of talking about it in almost every interview um, I've done since I saw it from Sean Lennon. Uh, but um, speaking of nostalgia and you're heading towards 40, right? I'm, I'm 41 and... Um, you know, we spend that time now, like looking back at this, you know, ten, just 10 years ago, even, but 20 years ago, you know, um, and sort of viewing it with a with a fondness, you know. Um, but it's also a little bit of sadness, too. Right. Because you're not there. So mm. is nostalgia a form of depression? We often use a term called rose-tinted uh, glasses in the UK when it comes to referencing, like, sometimes when you look back at something fondly that you may not be able to see, you're not seeing it right, and uh, childhood stuff and all that. Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me because I try not to get too stuck in nostalgia. I always kind of, yeah. like, as much as possible. But even yeah. I have my areas, you know, whether it be a video game or a movie that I get nostalgic over, you know? So I think we all, we're all susceptible to it. Sure, yeah. Do you think it's do you think it's depression? A form of like a cousin of depression? I think if you I think if, I think if you live in it and really like live within nostalgia and every, you build your life around it constantly looking back and wishing wishing for better times in your eyes or that you think there were better times then may then I definitely think it could be a form of yeah. Okay, so I'm going to twist it on you then and say like so as far as music and musical cycles then. Mm -hmm. So say like throwback thrash. Mm. Is that Nost is it like nostalgia is like you're like living and you're like oh man 80s you know bay area thrash was where it was at it was perfect oh. you know and then so then you 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 try to you know that that scene you you recreate a scene in a way yeah i guess because if i suppose in a way because often when you'll do so if you do that say with a specific uh say a style of music you often putting yourself there and maybe memories that you've got from that particular period of time so i i, I grew up my teenage years were the 90s new metal was a big thing and so on so when oh, yeah. i think of new metal i've got the nostalgia feel for that that's awesome i mean that that's you why know? i play bass is because ryan martini <laughs> ld50 that's why i play bass 100 percent. like i i decided after listening before ld50 was finished in the car with my buddy um i was like we couldn't never find a bass player my drummer and i um and i had decided i was like i'm i'm switching to bass and that was it, you know. So for me, like I have those very similar feelings, and it, you just you think back on it, and I, I like the, actually the way that you referenced that, like, because we do tend to look back at when we're when we're using our nostalgia lenses, right? We tend to look back at things and <clears throat> only see the positive side of it, you know. Um, whereas I think that it's like it's it's difficult to look back on your own life or period of your own life with objective lenses you know where you're like yeah there was a lot of great times there was a lot of fun it sucked a lot too you know um we're sort of like you see that a lot it's kind of like even with the whole kind of like 2016 was kind of the peak of civilization and now we're just sort of on the tipping point down i'm reading this book called um uh the end of the world um is not or the end of the world is just the beginning you know subtitle mapping the global collapse of civilization by a guy named peter zehan and he's like one of this a really really brilliant geopolitical strategists and um it's dense but uh basically he's like from the perspective of cost of goods cost of living cost of manufacturing um cost of education 
ease of access to lending to et cetera, et cetera. We are past the golden era. Mm. We are, but things will just get slower and more difficult on the planet from here out, barring any type of, you know, massive, you know, technological advancements like um, zero point energy or something like that, where we, I mean, those flying saucers or, you know, unidentified aerial phenomenon are real, you know, the craft anyways, unless they're holograms, then your project blue beam. And that's a whole other thing, but something's powering those and they're going Mach 20 mm. and then making a right turn. So maybe that tech does exist and, and we can have some sort of like massive, you know, shift into a type one civilization or a type two civilization based off of like, you know, um, the uh, I forget who class classified that stuff, but I heard about it from Michio Kaku. Mm. But um, all those things included, right? It's like, um, is music objectively getting uh, better? Can music objectively get better? You know, can you push mm. the boundaries and like, can a band get better with each release? Or and since it's art and it's subjective, is there no real way to ever say that besides for you individually? Yeah, because ultimately it's a mentality thing as well. And as you grow older, different things, different life environments, different things you've gone through can change your perception and views on anything, any piece of art, in particular music, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack the interview. I just No, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's a great conversation because weirdly, my next sort of question was based around nostalgia anyway. And it was more a question in regards to you. Uh, um, cool. As an artist wanting to bring, was it very important for you that regardless of what you did with Moon Healer, the most important thing was that you were bringing fresh ideas and sounds to the band? That this wasn't just, hey, do you remember Drop for Cowboy from 15 years ago? Let's just redo that. Right. Yeah. It was extremely important. Um, and that, as, personally, as a as a musician, as an artist, um, I don't know. It, it's so weird considering I, I love Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act. Um, and I'm sure it's a lot of stuff that's been, you know, just packaged. The different information that he's packaged that it's like it's been around for a while but i like his take on it and um you know he's he's like you know refer you, you make art you're an artist you know it's audio is in the particular form but it's art but it's also hard to not feel pretentious saying that mm -hmm. you know when somebody's like oh what do you do for a living oh i'm an artist you'd be like oh really and then they throw on some cookie uh cookie monster death metal tracks for them to hear and they're like you're not a fucking artist but um I digress but um for me though personally as a musician and, and as somebody who's trying to like on a personal level make strides for growth to try to get better to try to like you know we can never perfect anything i mean even with this record is a is a prime example of like having fucking eight years that we were working on this record um since like some of the initial ideas i would say you know probably six years of hard work though um no pressure from the label uh, mm. as far as until the very end, until after like they'd paid out for you know, the recordings and this stuff, it was like, okay, we got to, um, but normally you have a two year album cycle that you have this pressure that you're like, we get three months to write, that's it, you know, and maybe three months to write and record. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, boom, then you got the three, four month waiting period. And now it's like nine months uh, with vinyl and stuff. And then you go out and you tour it and you support it for a year and a half. And then you just, there, you're on that two, that two year cycle. Well, we didn't have that. And so you would figure that this thing would be absolutely perfect. And maybe to some people, uh, it will be, you know, and we, you hope for that, but like, uh, there's that old trope that it's like, it's never, you, a record is never finished. It's just turned in. And so that's kind of like where I, I take 
you know my stance on on my playing and, and my contributions to to the music um and that it's difficult too because like i'm always trying to like i'll, I'll play stuff and i'm gonna be like oh you know I got, maybe i got 10 records out you know with all my different bands mm. um and so like i really don't want to repeat myself you know i want to f- come up with fresh ideas and new stuff and so it requires growth i've i've got to like learn new shapes you know like dive into the theory stuff which i i avoided for a very long time because i was like i don't want it to affect my my, my voice you know and so i think that's that's a um a very unique way of looking at things is is to to sort of reinvent yourself i guess mm-hmm. that's not a unique way of looking at things but it's what i try to do and and i try to push myself for that and be like critically listen to what i'm making and be like have i done this before if i have that's okay can i can i evolve it you know and so that that's really what i think moon healer we, we did a, a pretty good job on i would say is is to try to take where job for a cowboy was in 2013 and evolve it you know and i guess evolve it six years but then throughout that process we're like oh shit you know Oh, it's not going to come out till 2020, uh, 21, 22, 23, 24. So then you're, you're, you're just constantly thinking, like, is this going to hold up? <laughs> you know? I mean, your bass sound on this album is phenomenal. It is incredible. Um, so I have to ask you about your own personal level of experimentation. You talk about learning new things, about progressing as an artist. But right. there has to be a certain level of comfortability with that. Did you feel comfortable trying to all these new ideas out on this album? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I would I would take stuff and I, I sort of have this process specifically with JFAC, um, you know, and with Jason Sukoff uh, and Audio Hammer um, that like things are so subject to change uh, from those initial demos that we would hear from Tony, you know, X amount of years ago till, you know, um, as we start putting them through the whole band filter um, and everybody's like, God, this can this whole song speed up 10 beats per minute you know or this riff needs to it needs to flow better into this one because it's a very uh, borderline schizophrenic record you know it on purpose but we're like it's got a flow it's it's, mm. it's it's a roller coaster right but we need to make sure all the links are there and that the rail connects um but um so i know that by the time i get to record bass which in this case was july 2022 um drum parts will be different from the demos guitar parts will be different than what they were and especially because jason's such an advanced evolved player with such a, a highly tuned and unique and amazing ear for melody um that i'll not demo everything out and write my lines and and have them rehearsed and go in and track that way um because I'll do that, and then he'll, he'll be like, no, 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 I don't like that, you know? And and in, in a cool way, though. So we we have this sort of spontaneity mm. that we keep. I mean, I'll, I'll work on some parts. I'll learn some stuff. Like if the riff, if I'm going to one-to-one a riff, right, with the bass, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll learn that, you know? So yep. don't come in there and be like, okay, what's this riff? Although that does, you know, happen a lot, especially because it's like, oh, this riff's new. What's that? That wasn't on the demo. But um, he's open to a lot of stuff. I mean, even compared to Sun Eater, you know, like Sun Eater, I tried to put more slap stuff in it and we tried it and he would be like, you know, check it out. And he'd be like, eh, no. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're right. You're right. It doesn't fit. It didn't fit with the, the vibe. There's only like one or two slap parts on Sun Eater. But this time around, he's like, what? A, you know, I'd be like, oh, ch- check this out. What about this little open hammer pluck thingy? You know, and then he'd be like, 
that's cool. Move this note here. And I'd be like, ooh, that's weird as shit. I like that. Okay. So we th- we have a lot of experimentation that goes down in the studio. And, I mean, we have no idea how the bass line is going to come out, you know, till the end of the day at that of that particular song we're tracking. And then we, like, send it to everybody. And like, how the fuck did you come up with this? What? Um, so it's it's fun in that way, though. I, do, I really do love that spontaneity. And, and especially working with somebody to help craft your lines, you know. I mean, and Sukhoff is um, he's, he's pretty part and partial to uh, getting this, the bass lines come out the way that they do, you know. When you reflect on that, uh, and I guess the entire creation process as a whole, would you say that was perhaps the most the most exciting part of creating this album for you? Was there other areas that you found this time around particularly quite thrilling for you as an artist? Very, very cool to um, to hear Naveen do what he what he was doing. Um, you know, I mean, how, you know, drumming and bass are tied together. We're the we're the rhythm bros, and uh, I, I try to start first when i think of of a line of listening to what the drums are doing and so to hear you know a, a musician of that caliber and we've always had insane drummers i mean it was just as amazing to to be in the studio and listen to danny do his thing and then like get to get to make stuff that matched his thing so for that aspect of it, it was really cool to hear to hear what he came up with in his hands and his fills are just mental you know so that was a really fun side of it and then mm-hmm. but it's like the 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 as far as the the Sun Eater Moon Healers, you know, essence vibe of JFAC, you know, for the songs, like they're not complete till that bass line goes on there, and it it goes last, you know, um, and so it's kind of fun. That that's probably still obviously my most favorite part is because it's like, you know, as a bass player, you have a lot, especially when you're allowed to be up in the mix like I am. You have a lot of control over how the mm-hmm. how the song comes out, how a part comes out, and how it feels, you know, so. Uh, I'm grateful for that to have band members that are um, down with that, you know. Taking that, but flipping around to the sort of harder side of things, the challenging side of things, because, I mean, that level of experimentation, being the last person to kind of do your work and stuff like that brings with it pressure, right? Yeah, I'd say so. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, you, because you have so much control, you could, you know, you can blow it. and But it was like, it's because Jason and I have that, that sort of, you know, musical uh, vibration where we're, we, we know if something's sick or not, like mm-hmm. it's like 95% it gets sent out to the dudes. We'll do mix downs at the end of the day and send it to everybody. And everybody's like, you know, whoa, there's very, it's just like one, maybe like three parts on the record that, um, you know, Johnny was like, this, this line's, this line's got to go. And one of them was my favorite too. It was a, uh, what the hell is the name of that song? It's called. Yeah, we use pet names for the songs. Oh. And so since it was eight years of those pet names, I still. I mean, there's. I think I have most of Sun Eater, the actual song names in my head of what they are. But I, I still for this record, I'm on the pet name. So this was Eden was the song, and there was this, um, this chorus on there that I really, really loved, and that was one of the things that I did right very early on, like six, seven years ago, and after we recorded it. Um, Johnny was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. And I was like, really? He's like, it reminds me of like the Family Matters theme song. <laughs> and I was like, what? Oh, so we, I, I kept the rhythm of it and just moved the notes around. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and then like, you know, it is, it's, I'd say kind of ties back more to that, to the personal progression and trying to evolve yourself as a musician. That's really the more difficult part is to, um, to make sure that I'm, I'm, you know, 
presenting fresh ideas, which after 20 years of bass playing, you got to really dig. You know what I mean? Would you, on that then, would you say now more than ever, your influences are wider than it ever been? I mean, we're talking obviously as a bass player, but also just as an artist in general and across any and all genres. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you hope so, you know? Like, um, I think that you hope to develop some some musical maturity as well. And, uh, you know, I would imagine some, some of the bass players and some of the circles that I hang out with might listen to something like this and be like, you're doing too much, man. <laughs> but um, maybe in some other context, I mean, there's this guy, um, uh, shit, my brain is just not working today. I've had like only one cup of coffee and it's not, it's not pulling together for me. Um, this very like old school, um, oh, dang it, it's John B. I'm just trying to, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember his last name. I'll, I'll put it in and we can add it later. Um, uh, I bet it's, it might be John B. Williams, but, um, classic bass player like you know played on a bunch of records very famous and stuff and he was out at this base camp with us and um one of the warwick base camps and my buddy jeff uh huell from like six feet under mm -hmm. um and he's got all his crazy solo bass stuff and it's just very 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 busy on the bass and he came and watched us do a clinic together at uh i think it was bass player live and he was just so cool like he was just like fascinated he's like this is so foreign to me he's like but i'm fascinated by it. i think it's really cool um because you know he's he, you know like a stand-up bass player like you know mm. kind of your traditional like you know foundational bass player incredibly taste tastefully only play you know only play what the song calls for um and then you know when he does pop up it's beautiful but that's that's kind of an interesting thing um is to to be like am i there i hope so but again it's that it's that like never finish thing i'll be like uh, uh i could probably do i could probably do a lot of stuff better and could, could, could continue to try to you know um increase my fluency across all all genres or anything that i try to bring in to the music you know there is no i mean there is no completion here the idea is, is you will continue to grow one uh two years down the line you could discover a, a hidden artist from decades ago who inspires right. you to do something yeah, and I think that actually, you know, I think about it like uh, is that old uh, some Tony Robbins is where I got it, but you know, um, if you're not growing, you're dying. And you think about it like a tree or a plant, you know, you'd be like, is this tree done? Is this tree complete? <laughs> well, I hope yeah. not. You know, it the idea is to keep growing. You know. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I I think that that's and it requires a certain level level of openness too, though, right? Because we can get. Um, I mean, you can get your ego going, you know what I mean? And uh, of I don't really have a big problem with that because I can, you know, I can self-deprecate with the best of them, you know? <laughs> it was important. Um, yeah. Okay, then what 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 would you like listeners? Um, and be them new, be them old fans. What would you like them to come away feeling having listened to Moon Healer? Um, I think, you know, Bewildered would be a cool one uh move moved changed evolved um those are very lofty pretentious things to ask for somebody to listen to 38 minutes of death metal and and do but um you know we really just tried to capture capture this essence of this character going through you know um very intense uh hallucinogenic but uh but you know then you know, i would say even spiritual or personal growth um and maybe 
you know, pushing too far, find, finding that line for yourself where you're you're crossing it over to the other side and like figuring out how you get back to reality. Um, and I think we tried to just with the, with the lyrics, Johnny really did a great job of encompassing the ass, the, the essence of that, mm -hmm. of, of trying to convey what this character was feeling as they're going through this you know, in, it's seriously insane, intense, sentient journey, you know? I love the words. I love your choice of words there. And I think people will come <laughs> all the way and feel something regardless. And we've kind of touched a couple of times on the, the mo time moving on, the industry moving forward and where you stand right now. But there's one area we haven't covered. And I guess I want to get a little bit of your opinion on it, which is, of course, the last time Job for a Cowboy released an sure. album, certain things didn't exist. So do you think you can find a way to fit in what is now a more bite-sized TikTok social media obsessed world. D do we think we can fit in the TikTok yeah. world? Yeah, within that world, the bite size. You know how everybody just wants everything in short, small chunks. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, get, I think about that a lot because I do a lot of video work, you know. So I did <laughs> the videos for um, the first two videos uh, on this uh, uh, new album. And um, Johnny and I helped like kind of provide the um the treatment and the you know the direction not directing it but you know the direction that we wanted to go with the third one and it's interesting because you know when the label sends this stuff back to you they'll they'll be like okay we need we need the socials we need the assets you know so what sections of the song or what sections of the video do you want to chop up and send out as a 15 a 30 or a 60 second reel uh and i have a hard time with that you know because i'm like i, I you this part is cool, but you really need should watch this part before you see that, so that it has the great the the the, the uh, gravity and the weight that mm. it's supposed to. And I think that that's maybe something that's missing from this uh, this new like instant gratification, um, increasingly shortening attention span society that we're we're getting into is that like you know people just want the coolest seven seconds, and it's like, but those se you know it it you you throw away the contrast and the um the importance of you know having um you're in the uk so you guys probably really appreciate sunny days you know what i mean <laughs> because they're not around that much and so you know like that that contrast provides um the uh, understanding and appreciation of of its inverse you know and so i think that that a lot of stuff is missing but um that being said i mean I think it's 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 not hard though because like if you do a good enough job of making you know fine quality products or do your best to do so, um, then you can grab any fifteen to thirty seconds of it and and hopefully it it will resonate with somebody you know. And there it is, well said. And of course, you have created a very fine product out Thank next you. week as of the time recording february 23rd moon healer by metal blade records nick this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for giving me your time thank you man i double checked it, it was john john b williams amazing bass player very cool guy and and he was highly you know check him out people and he was highly uh intrigued by you know this extreme you know death metal stuff it was cool it's cool to see this should all be thank you very much for watching if you'd like to see more content like this please consider hitting the subscribe button. It is gratefully appreciated. You can find us over at gbhbl.com, our full website where reviews, news and so much more goes up daily. We're also on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads 
at GBHBL. Just search for GBHBL and you will find us out there. We also have merchandise on sale. You can access the shop via the website.